0: No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This show is brought to you by Green King,
2: your home of pub sport. With over 900 sports pubs around the country, Green King is where the fans go. showing every. Broadcasted game for West Ham. Head down to your nearest pub and you can enjoy every live sporting event from BT and Sky Sports on tap. If you download the Green King Season Ticket app, you can receive a free drink when you register and 10% off a great range of drinks before, during, and after any match. So head to the app store and search Season Ticket to download the app. When registering, if you use the promotional code West way which is all one word in capital letters, you'll get an additional £5 off when you spend £15 on drinks. Green King, it's where the fans go. Your home of pub sport. You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, right. oi! And welcome to the West Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWH employee. We have finally beaten Brighton in the Premier League and in doing so, find ourselves second in the table after three games. That coupled with another exciting new signing, can life get any better? We talk about the game on Saturday before getting news from X and answering questions from Patreons of the West Way. the curse against Brighton has been lifted bloody typical that we wasn't there to see it but we watched it on the telly like many others it's a win that puts us second in the table it's fair to say that it was a good day at the office for West Ham on Saturday
1: oh oh, hallelujah mate 12 years in the making to get there at last I think it is something (laughs) like that Um, yeah yeah yeah, it's crazy to think the hold they've had over us but uh, yeah brilliant so shattered that curse now and um, yeah happy days You, you couldn't grumble with that at all you know to get, I was, I was hopeful of getting a point out of it. So to get mm. to get three points and to be so comfortable um, was brilliant. And I thought, you know, it wasn't the the greatest of performances in terms of possession and, and quality of football, but it was a very, very, very effective performance. And at the end of the day, if effective performances get you three points, they're the ones that you want to do.
2: Well, it's all that sort of matters, isn't it? I mean, I've mm-hmm. got to be honest. I'm the first to criticise Davey Moyes when things aren't going well, but I have to be the first to credit him when things are going well. And on Saturday, I thought we got it spot on. I agreed with the team selection. I agreed with the way that he's set up, the shape. I agreed with the fact that we... um typically played a counter-attacking system. I think you have to against Brighton. They're a good ball-playing side. They play out from the back. And yes, it's always a bit of a dangerous game when you play counter-attacking because you're inviting pressure. But I think it was the right way to approach the game, which we did. And I thought we defended fantastically well and thought we were really clinical in front of goal. It was a really, really good win. And to, to score three goals away from home anywhere is a big achievement but to get it at Brighton was just absolutely fantastic. And you look at the the patrons, they voted for Ariola as Man of the Match, which in itself probably tells its own story. I don't know about you, I can't disagree with that, because there was one occasion when he dropped a cross, I think. Other than that, I think he was absolutely faultless. So would you agree with me and the patrons that he deserved the Man of the Match?
1: I think so. It was harsh on a couple of other players that didn't get it, but on the, on the balance of it all, I think it probably is the right decision. Some of those saves at the end of the game kept the, the score as a win to us. I mean, one of those saves was absolutely superb, where it was hit really hard from close range, swerved a bit, and he managed to get a hand and tip it over. I thought, I thought mm. he played really, really well, as you say, other than that fumble, which thankfully didn't lead to anything. The actual shot stopping was superb, but, but then I think it was quite harsh on... Some of the other players who put great shifts in Antonio again holding that line running that line and scoring mm. a great goal I mean the second goal was absolutely phenomenal by the way uh, Ben oh. Rama to Bowen that I mean Ben Rama's pass Bowen's touch and finish sensational goal I thought the centre backs were superb um, you know credit to Bonner 35 coming in for it to stand in for a game like that you would have thought he was younger and more you know used um, more regularly than he, than he has been recently so I Thought he he played really well. Zuma played really well. I thought Suchek started the game really well till till he went off injured. I thought Ward Prowse was effective. I mean it, it's very hard to single out well. a player that didn't play well. To be honest, with you, Emerson. Emerson's been a revelation since um he's established himself in the team. I really like him on the left. Um so yeah, really really great performance all round. But probably yeah on the balance of key moments and contributions to winning that game, then yeah probably was was effective. There as a result for Ariana to get
2: um, out of the match, yeah. Does it bother you winning a game with just 22% possession? How, how no. do you feel about that? Is it all about the win or, or would you like to see more? It doesn't bother me, really, at the end of the day. It's
1: three points, and no one's going to look back and say, um, in in time, oh, yeah, you beat Brighton, but you only had 22% of the possession, so I'm not sure why you're happy about that. No one would ever say that. At the end of the day, obviously, you want to win the game with more possession, more chances, more control in terms of overall play, but the scoreline was 3-0 at one point. When they scored, it was... You know, one going yes. They had a couple of shots at the end, and Ariana did well. But on the whole, we were in control. I'd much rather win games like that um, with 20% possession than lose games with 80% possession. So it's it's a it's a effective way of getting results. Whether it can last, as I, you know, as we have touched upon later on the show, whether it can last, I don't know because you do have um to. You know, you have to work a lot harder when you haven't got the ball. Um, you know, it's a well-known statistic in football. You have to work a lot harder when you haven't got the ball. So whether we can maintain this forever, I don't know. But teams are put. Getting... Against teams like Brighton, who, you know, are very good at home, very attacking, very direct in terms of their, you know, quickness at getting the ball to their forwards and the, and the quickness of getting chances. I think counter attack, nullifying and counter attacking them was brilliant. And let's be honest, last time we went there, we lost 4-0. So Moyes has obviously done something right to get the tactics to go from a 4-0 loss to a 3-1 win. So, you know, I think as long as we pick up results like that, that's the way forward. It's more of an away day uh, tactic, I would say, to have that little possession. I know we did it against Chelsea, but (laughs) at the end of the day, like I say, if it's it's the result is a positive one, then
2: I don't really care that much, to be honest. No, no, I make you right, mate. I mean, I've got to be honest. You know, winning against Southampton 1-0 last season with, I think it was, again, about 20% possession wasn't ideal. It gave me the ump a little bit, but ultimately it does all come down to the win. And I think you're right, actually. How much can you sustain that? I mean, I'm I'm all for a counter-attacking approach against certain teams, especially away from home. But I, I do think we've got the quality in the squad to be on the front foot and play possession of football. Um, against the majority of the division, to be honest. But, you know, look, at the end of the day, what the fuck does it matter? The, 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 a win is a win, and that is all that matters, really. Um, X, you, your memory's better than mine. My memory's terrible. Who's that fella we used to have in midfield? Um.
0: My oh, no, pieces?
2: No, no, more recent than that. Um. Frank Lampard? No, no, even more recent than that. He's uh, he began with a D, not Pat Rice. He played for Arsenal. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, he
1: was a good player um, for us, Captain Basamic. Bussam- oh, you said a D, didn't you? <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, I know. I don't know what to say. Like, it's um, it's it's uh, yeah, I don't want to dig in too much. And obviously, we can't, we, we've done the podcast in reverse order, so it's a bit weird to sort of do it. <laughs> yeah. like, Know, for, 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 for reasons, and uns- like the, you know, the listener doesn't need to know. So I know we talk about this in the in the last section, but um, yeah. you know, it, you know, he has gone. Uh, it, we, I'm not going to go over what I said in the last section, but um, what the key thing with him going at this point, is the is the signings that have been made in his absence, well, in his departure. Spent well spent, was well. spent well, and that's where teams come unstuck. You know, it's happened with many clubs before. It's happened with Spurs, with Bale. It's happened with us, with Ferdinand. It's happened with, you know, maybe we'll see Brighton, with selling um Casado, you know. And it, it'd be interesting to see how these teams recruit. But looking at West Ham, we bought very, very well, and it's very early days. You know, I was thinking about thinking about this earlier. That like if you take the free results, like the equivalents of last season. <laughs> Sorry, i hiccups now. I've had a barbecue, hence why this is all the wrong way around. Um, <laughs> and then you were held up this morning. So it's all been a mixture of a, a crazy day. But, um, yeah, um, what was I saying? We lost to Bournemouth. No, we drew at Bournemouth this season and beat them last year. Yeah, and actually Declan Rice scored in that game. Um, so you're, you're minus two points there. Chelsea, we um, drew at home last year. Declan was really, really ill for that game, I remember. Um, played it, but was very, very ill. Um, ended up one all, so that's two points that way. So you're on balance, and then obviously the Brighton game we got battered last year. And we've won that game, so effectively at the moment, really need to scale it down. We've only we're three points better off after three games than we were equivalent fixtures. Now let's just see where we are at the end of the season. I think we will be really better off, but obviously it's a bit too early to call. But yeah, I I, I love the signing of War Prowse. I think Alvarez has impressed me quicker than I. Thought he would tends to be players coming from a different league that's never played in the in the in the Premier League. And South Americans to stereotype a whole continent seems to sort of take a a bit of time to adjust to the league. But he, um, he's, I thought he looked brilliant when he came on as a sub I thought he was very good against Brighton before he went off and was obviously shattered. Great two signings there. Um, I'm extremely excited for Kudos. I think from what I've heard, and again, I talk about this more in my section, um, He's a great player. Um, Mavroparnos has been highly rated in Germany. You know, German defending is a uh, not quite as prestigious as Italian, say, but it is known. They are known to be very good at their. You know, and have powerful, strong centre backs. I know he's Greek, but he's played in the German league and succeeded there. But, you know, four signings for the price of one. <laughs> You'd have to credit the club on that.
2: You know what, mate? Everyone listening to this show now will know how hard it is at times to support West Ham, more often than not, actually. But how fucking nice is it that we can sit here and talk so positively? Because also, historically, you know, we're we're, we're not good starters in the Premier League. No, no. And to, to be sitting here undefeated, second in the table, albeit after just three games, and we're talking about some really exciting signings coming in, and we enjoy watching West Ham. even if you're picky, you know, you you, you just can't moan. And and we all know as a fan base, we are partial to a bit of a meltdown from time to time uh, for whatever reason, whether it's Moisey, whether it's transfers that we're not making, um, performances, defeats, all that kind of stuff. But it it just feels really good at the moment, doesn't it? Really
1: good. Oh, definitely, mate. And let's keep it that way. It feels so much nicer to be a fan when it's like this. You know, we've picked up some good results, performances. Um, You know, I think tactics have been spot on in all of the games. We made some good signings. Um, It's just so much more enjoyable to support West Ham like this. And I just urge people that um, are known to be quite negative just to try to hold it together for a bit longer than maybe people have done in the past because a positive feeling and a positive momentum is so important, it really, really is in any any walk of life if you go into a, an environment where you've got to perform and you've got a supportive network with people encouraging you and there's a good feel to it, you're so much more likely to perform in that scenario than in a scenario where you've got your critics, where you're scared to make a mistake where you know if you do something wrong everyone's going to be on your back and if we can just make it it looks so it's so much more productive and, and also let's get it right there are millions of fans or well, out there fans of many clubs that are in far worse positions than us we currently sit second in the league albeit after three games we've just won a trophy for the first time in 43 years we we are have just made some great signings and we're not done yet you know find out more in my section um that oh, this is a good time to be a West Ham supporter. And let's just enjoy it for that. Yes, there'll be times when Moyes gets tactics wrong. Yes, there'll be times when we play badly. Yes, there'll be times where individuals don't play in performances. There's always going to be a disaster around the corner with West Ham because it's West Ham. But let's just sort of try and put it into a bigger picture and things aren't that bad. Things are actually very positive. I'm gutted, gutted that I didn't go to the game uh, at the weekend and those reasons are revealed later on in the show. But I am... Um, but I would love to have been in that crowd. I'd love to have been in that crowd. Mm. And I'm going on Friday, and I'm not going to miss a game as much as as far as I can try, as in my own control, all season, because it, it feels just so good and it's so positive. So let's just enjoy it while it's there. We're champions of Europe. You'll never mm. sing that to many, many
2: fans. <laughs> so, and and to mm, think you mm. wanted Moise's sack last season. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Yeah. Disgraceful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I try not to look so smugly. When West Ham, fan, <laughs> West Ham fans were chanting on Saturday, I heard it. Um, You know, the old song, we've got Super David Moise. I heard it again and I thought, I wonder how many people singing that were well, like literally... Calling for his death last last season, but uh, anyway oh, wow. we move. We, we move. Some were mate. It was brutal. Some people, yeah, but I know, a
2: bit over the top. But
1: well, you know, that's how dramatic West Ham fans get at times. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. Let's not dwell on that. Let's not um rub it in people's faces. Let's just all unite as one. We are West Ham United, and we're so much more stronger when we are united rather than when we're divided. With I hate Moyes, you like Moyes, I don't like the board you like the board I don't like Suche, you like Suche. let's just all be West Ham fans supporters and enjoy what it is for now because it's good man it's really good we're about to start a European campaign soon albeit we can't go to the first away game but we are about to start a European campaign for the third year in a row happy happy days
2: Mm, I win that's what I do I win (laughs) you do Um, mate you do by the way how fucking good is Darmesh at impressions I
1: know unbelievable I think you've got um, unbelievable David Moyes by the way I think you've got a rival I really do I'd I'd like you to have an impression of I feel inferior I feel inferior no I think think,
2: Challenge him to do a better suit check than me. I, 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 I will say that, but you know, across the board, I, I think he pips me, mate. He's making noise.
1: Well, He's bloody impressive. It is. I do think at some point, maybe for a Christmas special, we should do a um, impression off. So <laughs> I'll just pick a, I'll just pick a random <laughs> name out of the blue, and you both got to yeah. do your impression of him, and we'll get the yeah. listeners to vote who won each one, and then the overall yeah. winner, we um, guess gets, gets a, a prize. And obviously, if Darmesh wins, you'll find some reason to say it was a fix or. Or so that the, the rules weren't right, or you know, you're, not, you're not playing it again. So,
2: um, <laughs> yeah, well, this is, uh, uh, see, I'm X, I know what happens in the future, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I, uh, To be fair, I have a very random repertoire of impressions. I mean, we're talking about Chris Eubank, Nigel Benn, Thomas Suchek, Matthew Kelly from Stars <laughs> uh, With a bit of Wayne Lineker thrown in for good measure.
1: Wayne Lineker? Um, I don't think I've heard of Wayne Lineker. I think I've obviously heard all the other four, but not him. I've definitely done Wayne on a show before. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. You, you said like one of the Sausage Girls. <laughs> you like Ray, like a cross between Ray Winston and, like, so. Like I can't make it out. I to don't, I don't, so be fair, I'm not actually sure I know what Wayne Lineker sounds like, so this isn't the best
2: audience. Well, it sounds like that,
1: to be fair. Oh, okay, enough. fair enough. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough, yeah. yeah. we well, a bit we,
1: like girls? <laughs> girls. <laughs> Can you do an impression of Damesh?
2: The, the the thing is, I think uh, across the board, you know, the, the, the best people to do impersonations of are the ones with the most distinctive voices. Yeah. So, you know I reckon you can th- do a th- good th- me, probably. Oh, I can do you, but I, I wouldn't put you through that. I don't think you've ever showed me you're one of I me. Mean, God, do me, do me? No, no, no. No, I, well, I, thing, no, no, because I'll have to, I'll have to script it properly first. I, I'd have to, okay. I'd have to do it justice and make sure that there was uh, some context to the script. So maybe if you're okay with it, in the next couple of weeks, I can maybe do you. Yeah, maybe you can do a better expression. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're not, we're not in Amsterdam now, mate. <laughs> That's a great night though. I've had <laughs> to be fair, but <laughs> 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 maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we, could, you could do my section as me oh that'd be amazing wouldn't it yeah that'd and, be see, and see if any Oh, that's a good one why don't you do my section as me i'll give you all my notes and stuff and show you how i do it and see if anyone notices that it
2: wasn't me <laughs> oh, i'm not that good to be fair oh, i'm on, not that man. good that would be um, a challenge or yeah, i think what why don't maybe as a christmas special why don't i imitate you in your section you imitate me
1: I don't have the the vocabulary of swear words to imitate you
2: <laughs> <laughs> if he's talking yeah. about swear words I'm yeah, fine you're, you're but... too good for. you're better than that to be fair you're better than <laughs> yeah. that uh, my,
1: my, my parents didn't raise me to speak like the <laughs> likes of you yeah, yeah. you did get dragged up
2: yeah, yeah. You're, you're not the dregs from Haynall that I am yeah no fair, fair enough I'll, I'll take that on the chin. Um but let's get back to the football um, a goal for Prousey and his second game for the club. I mean, he looks <laughs> like one hell of a signing. Yeah. Prousey, yeah. Prousey. Uh, uh, there's another white to the reference,
1: however. He's dished <laughs> out by
2: Dave Walker. Yeah, I, I mean, um, again, I mean, uh, 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 and we didn't touch not, on this. Later why not in the JWP? Show, that seems quite long to me, JWP. Whereas Prousey, it's it's <laughs> it's familiar. It's said with affection, and I like that, Prousey oh james you can shorten to jim not oh, just jim the old j-dog yeah j-dog oh. uh, i could do but is all right i think for a nickname i've got to go w- with Prousey. i'm gonna go w- with w- that w- B- D- mavropanos i mean that's a fucking nightmare for me and my ocd with names so he's big <laughs> Mav, as we talked about <laughs> later on
1: what about warty um, p i like yeah. that sounds like sounds <laughs> yeah. like a rapper yeah <laughs> Jay J- Wardy P. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wardy P. Oh, oh, the uh, yeah, exactly, oh, that's mate. Brilliant. He's
2: doing it just for you. Wardy
0: P.
1: Oh, God,
2: I love that. Um, um, we'll stick with Prowsey for now. Okay. But, mm-hmm. I, he does look like a great signing. Yeah. I mean, to your knowledge, X, were any other clubs in for him? Because if you look at him, you know, very loyal to Southampton, unbelievable dead ball specialist, captain material, England international caps. I find it hard to believe that firstly, we've sort of nicked him for the money that we paid for him, but also the fact that we, we didn't have rivals in, in this transfer. It was, was literally no one else in for him. Well, they made up the rumor.
1: I think that Spurs are interested in him. And I think that was a, that was a Southampton counteract for a uh, tactic for, to us where we were saying, right, well, if you're not going to lower your price, we're going to go and sign, um, Tom and a, or we're going to go and sign, um, some of the other players that were linked around the same time. Um, And I think Southampton counteracted it by putting it out because it was a Southampton Journalist, I think, that put out that um, Spurs are interested. So I think it was a bit of um, to and fro. I don't think Spurs are ever interested. Hence, why I never really reported it. And they just signed Madison as well. I don't think you could have a midfielder, of Madison and Ward Prowse. The two, two sort of mm. similar. Um, so I think, um, I think it was like I don't think there was anyone concrete in for him. No, and and again, as I say later on in the show, I just think it's a brilliant signing. I think it's a sensational mm. bit of business he he will add at least 10 to 15 goals um, in terms of goals and assists he's already done three we played three games he's got two assists and one got one goal so I've already proven my point he he will be the, I I think he will be a hammer of the year contender I think yeah. he'll be involved in so much of what we do it's a brilliant signing the fee that we paid 30 million isn't much in, in the world now and also what, what's so good about him is his characteristics you can like as in a personality you could already see he's a good lad the, the, the players seem to like him he's popular he, he, he's going to be a great servant the only thing I can think that maybe put people off signing him was was his age maybe because you know he's like what 28 is he I think and and maybe people thought uh, he's um, he's just a set piece taker he's 28 he's going to be 29 this season but I've just looked um so maybe I thought he was too old he's just a set piece taker but actually as I say he worked really hard he covers a lot of ground um, yeah, he he's much hes much better than just a set-piece taker. You don't play nine times or whatever it is for England if you can only take three kicks. Because, you know, that's just ridiculous. It's like Martin Allen's story the other day of the guy that's had a long throw. You know, he just... Yeah, But this guy has to be able to at least play some kind of football. And the Southampton fans loved him. You know, when, when Ward Prowse left, the video that Southampton Football Club put out oh, to mark him leaving was beautiful. And that shows the impact he'd had on the whole town and I bet you he will be forever remembered not quite up there with the likes of Letizia for them but probably in that second tier of legends at Southampton and um, you know he's a great signing for West Ham Mark my words unless something catastrophic like a big injury happens to him by the end of the season we'll all be talking not just at West Ham but in the Premier
2: League about what a great signing that was yeah and you know what I love about Prowse as well is and and listen, we're in modern day football where money talks, right? And we've had countless amount of players over the years that have joined West Ham for a pound note. But with Prousey, I think he's genuinely, genuinely grateful to be at West Ham a club oh yeah. Like West Ham. yeah no disrespect to Southampton but Southampton ain't West Ham and no. we picked him up and put him in a 66,000 uh, seat of stadium and I just think he's grateful to be here and I love that I love that because if you're grateful to be at a football club you play for that badge on your chest and as West Ham fans that's all we ask mm-hmm. and he is one of those players you, you mentioned before about the stats of him him running I mean he runs and runs and runs he runs and runs and runs because he fucking cares yeah. he Wants to win and he yeah. wants to do well and he wants West Ham to do well, and I love him for that reason. And I think mm. once he's bedded in and given time, I can see him potentially getting the armband. You know, I know mm. Kurt's had it, but um, I think with James, yeah, he's a regular starter, uh, he's popular, like you say, he's a good lad, he's 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 humble, he's honest, and I think. I he shows all the attributes uh, of someone that should be wearing the armband. you know what I mean? I I, I love him. I think he's a great signing. For the yeah. money we've paid for him as well, brilliant.
1: Spot on. And, and you know, think of it of other bonuses that are, are not talked about enough. If you want to get his name on the back of the shirt, it makes more money for the club because there's loads of letters, <laughs> Ward Prowse. So, so financially, it Unless makes sense. Get- <laughs> Unless you get Prowsey. Yeah, true, true. That That is one point. If you're really fucking hard up for a few, Bob. Yeah, you could do. Or the other benefit of him is you, you know, the chant. You can sing, just sold my car to Lucas Paqueta. Just yes. sold my house to James Ward. <laughs> yes. It's perfect. It's written in the it stars. Is, it? it was it's meant brave. to happen. It was it's meant great. to happen.
2: Yeah, it's great. It's so good. And it was his 50th Premier League goal, by the way, against oh, really? Brooklyn. His first in uh, Claret and Blue. First yeah. of many, we hope. Yeah. um, Mate, what a fucking goal from Antonio, by the way. Uh, what what do you <laughs> think the answers are of leaving next? So I don't want to sort of um piss on your cornflakes with your section, but, you know, do, do you think there's any chance of him going? Because the thing is, we both said it would be mad, Moisey would be mad to let Antonio go. But if there's a sort of money that's floating about in terms of an offer from Saudi Arabia, if 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 one of those offers comes Antonio's way, you kind of almost understand him wanting to go, wouldn't you? Mm. And is there a chance that he might?
1: At the moment, he doesn't.
2: Uh, Moyes doesn't want him to go. That's the
1: bottom line. Um, he uh, he's. He's a um, Moyes player. Moyes converted him from a winger to a forward. Moyes does not want to lose the one forward he can actually rely on. You know, out of all of Moyes' time at the club, aside from an out of there hasn't really been another forward he can rely on. So Moyes doesn't want him to go. Um, the problem you've got is... Um, Antonio has voiced that he wanted to go last season. He's been a bit unhappy. He likes to be the main man. Obviously, he is the main man at the moment. I was told, um, as it comes in my section, but I was told that we want to sign a backup to Antonio. Um, so to me, that if you analyse the language used, that suggests that Antonio is staying and that any forward, like the Brazilians that I report on in the next section is signed, they are a replacement for... Um, They are back up. Sorry for Antonio, not to necessarily challenge him for a first-team spot. The problem you've got is if a Saudi Arabian team comes in and they've been circulating for the last few weeks, if they say, right, we'll buy Antonio for... 15 million and we're going to make him you know go to 250 grand a week or whatever it is because he's he's probably on about 75 80 I would say at West Ham. I think he's not in the top end bracket of earners but he'd probably in that sort of next tier he's like, and that's just me speculating. I'm not giving away players contracts because people get annoyed when I apparently do this. So that's just me speculating where he might be. If he goes to Saudi Arabia, he's going to earn a lot more and he's 33. So he's at that stage of his career where, you know, he's got to think about setting himself up for life, which that move obviously would. It's a tough one, which is, I just think we've got to pray that. A Sally team doesn't come in for them. And if he does come in for him, if they do come in for him, we say no and Antonio just deals with it. But whether that will happen, I don't know. You know, four days or whatever it is now, five days is a long time in football. I recorded our section, um, as in my section, sorry, section two, um, what, four hours ago now, was it? And I'm already thinking it's going to be quite out of date by the time people listen to it. That's how quickly things change in the last week. So.
0: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. we have to fine.
2: See Because, you know, I, I mean, I've said myself on this show that... <laughs> You know, you you would be, I mean, it would be one hell of a turndown to not go to Saudi Arabia with the sort of money that they're throwing at players these days. And so many players have already gone there. And we've spoken about Saudi Arabia's ambition to to dominate the world in football. And uh, some of the names have already got over there is incredible. But you talk about them being set up for life, a bit of a side question, really. It wasn't part of, of what we was going to talk about. But ain't they already set up for life? I mean, I'm not being funny. If you're on 75, 80 grand as Antonio, you're not hard up for a few, Bob, are you? I mean, unless they're going to give him 200, 300 grand a week, does he need to go?
1: I mean it depends what, how sensible he's been with his money doesn't it I mean you know he has written off ferraris dress on oh no, lamborghinis dressed as a snowman before so <laughs> <laughs> I can not <I> <laughs> yeah, imagine his financial um uh, sense is that strong so <laughs> it would it would it would depend on how sensible he's been but at the end of, at the, end of, at the, end of the day he yeah, I mean, look—if you you could go from having a very, very comfortable life, so I mean, that's not life. If you've been on 75, 80 grand a, a week for the last five years or whatever, then you then you're going to be pretty sorted. But if you want to live the high roller life for the rest of your life, you know, earning quarter of a million, let's say, a year for the next two, three years, if you put that sensibly away, are well, you going to live like a prince? and your children are going to live like Princeton and, and their children, and he's got a big family of, of, of children, I think, from memory. So there's quite a few to, to look out for. So yeah, it depends what your expectations are in life. Of course, if you're your average Joe, like myself or you, um, earning 75 grand a week for the last three years would be amazing for us, but these footballers are so used to being flash and having flash cars and watches and clothes and holidays and whatever if he's going to sustain that you know from 35 until he dies he's going to he's going to need some big income and that would be the way and often these footballers don't see anything but a pound note. You know, we got personal experience of ex footballers doing that. So, yeah. you know, the footballers that are, um, that are, uh, you know, they, a lot of them just, as a lot of us do, just see money, money, money. And I think it'd be very hard to turn down. And what I'd like to think is, you know, he started the season brilliantly. He scored two goals in, in three games. Um, he could. He could go on to be, um, you know, one of the top scorers in the league and West Ham can have a really successful season. Then maybe at the end of that, he'd still have an opportunity to go to um, Saudi Arabia. That's what I'm hoping will happen.
2: Yeah. It's so funny with Antonio, isn't it? Because, again, <laughs> up there with Colton Cole, really, in a sense that he's either absolutely dog shit or he's absolutely world-class, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, uh, he's so strange. I mean, if you were to say to me, Dave, if, if there's one player in his current team that would get an open goal opportunity from four yards out, who's most likely to miss it? Mm. I'd say Antonio, and I'm including mm. the keepers in that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. but, but then, But then you look at some of the stuff he does. His work rate, his strength, his pace—at times, his assists. Some of the goals he scores, he can be an absolute well-beater. Mickey. Mate, I, the,
1: I, the phrase I was texting my friends at the weekend was: "He's either the shittest brilliant player or the brilliantest shittest player." I can't, yeah. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't work out what it is like. He, like you say, like even if you just take that Brighton game. So the assist to War he got an assist. He, brought, he charged the man down, got the ball, got an assist. Yeah. brilliant there was one just before that where it was almost identical and he didn't square it when he should have squared it and that was yeah. a complete waste of possession then he scored a really good goal turned his defender out uh, inside out and smacked at the bottom corner then literally 5-10 minutes later he's played through against the keeper and he blasts it over like he just, uh, it's just so inconsistent and this is why you can see that he never played for an academy when he was younger you know that he had to work his way up through grassroots and work his way up because the, he, they people would have obviously known he was a talent. But when he was at training at you know a, a top club, if he ever went to training or to trials or whatever, they would say like one minute, go, oh yeah, he's tasty, and then he'd miss an open going. Ah, oh, no, maybe he's not composed enough. Then you go, oh, hold on a minute, that was good, and they'll be, like, oh no, actually, that was terrible. And I think just because of that pure inconsistency, he would have never have been technically good enough to be in an academy. But because he's obviously so unpredictable and so hard. To play against, you know, I bet if you was to ask many of the centre backs in the league who is one of the toughest forwards you play against, it wouldn't surprise me if many named him because he's just he, he's so unpredictable, even no. he doesn't
2: know what he's doing. No, exactly so that. that exactly so, how that.
1: can a defender know?
2: who's that, that player that played for Swansea? Uh, is it Ashley? Well, uh, no, uh, Ch- Chundle, do you mean? No, 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 he's oh. off. Um, he oh, um, Williams. Yeah, Ashley Williams. Yeah, yeah uh, Welsh International. Ashley yes. Williams. Yeah, 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 Um, Someone was talking to him about Antonio, and he said Antonio's a fucking nightmare to play yeah. against. Horrible, yeah. horrible to mm. play against. And, and he would be, wouldn't he? I mean, imagine mm. if you're a centre-half and you come up against someone with that much strength and that much pace. Those two attributes in itself is a hard day's work, isn't it, if you're a centre-half? Mm. Mm. Uh, and it is, it, you know, it's it's so funny because... Like you said, and you're absolutely right, I've said it myself. It's so unpredictable it even he doesn't know what he's going to do with a ball. Mm. So what fucking chance have you got if you're a, a defender? Um, mm. But but whatever way you look at it, a, a, an incredible servant to West Ham. I mean, he's... I don't know how many years he's been He can't be a million miles off his testimonial ex, can he? He,
1: he joined in the last season at the Bolin, didn't he? That was his first season. So he would have joined in... Two, I think it was January, from, from memory, 2000. Right. And... um would have been 2016. I'm just quite quickly typing it into Google now, but I'm pretty certain that that was his last season. Um, yeah. yeah, he joined West Ham 2015. Um, and then, um, yeah, and he's been there since. And he's obviously our top scorer in the in the Premier League now. Um, and, yeah, an absolute, absolute hero. And I think the thing is, like, he doesn't maybe get the sort of hero. Actually, it was September the 1st, 2015. He doesn't get that kind of um, hero recognition that perhaps other players would do and I don't know why maybe he'll be more appreciated when he leaves the club but um, yeah I mean he's been a brilliant signing you think he cost what was it 7 million from Nottingham Forest on um, yeah September the 1st 2015 and he's like a top scorer he's you know he's been brilliant for us a br- you know, and yeah I like him as a player because he's so as you say he's so fun to watch at times I mean I'm looking at, even now I'm looking at his Premier League goal scoring record like when he was playing as a as a winger he scored more goals than he did last season in the Premier League when he was playing as a forward yeah he it's scored five yeah and he scored five goals in 33 games last season um, which is crazy when you think about it and he's actually only ever scored a maximum of 10 goals in the Premier League season Um but then some of those seasons he only played 24 games because of injury. So the fact he's got two in three now is um is a is a big a
2: big step for for him. I mean, see, I don't want to be disrespectful to Antonio, always at him, but the fact that he's our all-time Premier League goal scorer. I think that says more about our fucking strikers than I think he does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <About> <laughs> me. And, and I don't want to take anything away from him because again, you know, that, that's a record he should be very proud of. And I hope he is. But, you know, when was the last time we had a prolific goal scorer? And I'm talking touching 20 goals a season.
1: I couldn't tell you I mean the last time probably was um, was uh, like maybe um, Carlton Carlton um, <laughs> no, that's not prolific is it I mean he scored quite a few in one season um, and then what Bellamy maybe but then he was injured
2: yeah, I Ashton. don't yeah, I think so you know
1: yeah Bellamy was injured a lot Ashton um, maybe Hartson you know it's Kitson yeah. it's, uh, it's not it's yeah. not regular that we have a, a prolific girl so Jermaine Defoe was obviously around but you know he he wasn't prolific at the time. De Cadio wasn't overly prolific. You know, an out and out goal
2: scorer. We haven't had many, have we, let's be honest. No, I mean I mean my definition of an out and out goal scorer is a goal scorer that is gonna deliver you twenty goals or as near as damn it. And I don't think we've had one of them for a long time. Oh, really last one,
1: well, well, I think they would have scored 20 goals in a Premier League season. I think, like Sheringham and Harewood might have done it in a championship, the last time in the Premier League season, I'm pretty certain, it would have been Hartson.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's what I had in my mind, yeah. That's mm. mad, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. mad. Um, but, but then again, you know, modern day football, goals come from all over the pitch now, don't they? I mean, some clubs don't even fucking play with a striker yeah. you know, in, in this day and age, which is, which is mental. But I mean, uh, we've got to talk a little bit about Jared Bowen because you touched on it earlier and he was absolutely spot on. I don't think enough has been made of that goal against Brighton no. was absolutely world class that control and that instinctive finish was something else i mean if if harland from man city would have scored that we'd never at the end of it mm. that was different class wasn't it and Jared is different class isn't he and I, and I really hope that sooner rather than later we get this deal tied up with Jared because he's a fantastic human being by all accounts and a fantastic player as well X isn't he we're lucky to have him really mm, oh mate he
1: oh, if that was say I don't know Barcelona of old and it was it was I don't know Iniesta playing it to Messi for example yeah. that goal would be showed over and over again you would see it on Twitter hundreds of times because of the because of the ball from Ben Rama is literally spot on. The way he holds it up, kills it literally perfectly. Boeing's touch is phenomenal, and then the finish is, is so well placed with all the correct backspin on it. Uh, it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant goal And I just don't I think because it's West Ham, it's not being talked about enough. Boeing scored um obviously against Bournemouth. is he's, he's he's on he's on fire as the song, as the song goes. He's uh, he's a he's a very good player for for, for us. A very good player. Full stop. Um, I think we are very lucky to have him. I think we need to get him tied down on a new deal ASAP, and we yes. need to and we need to just basically have him as our as our golden boy at the moment. Because you know what what more do you want from him? He's a he's a real great player. He's only he's only twenty six as well. You know you mm, got another. Yes. It's not even that he's necessarily his peak. Twenty-eight, maybe, is your peak. So I think, um, yeah, what what a player, and I really like his attitude. I think the one good thing about not going to the game on at the weekend when I'm trying to scratch around desperately for positives for not going was that um, I got to see the interviews after after the game, and I thought Bowen came across brilliantly on Sky in his interview.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I probably shouldn't say this really because this is, this is probably getting a little bit too personal. But, you know, he's, it, you know, uh, he's, he's also by all accounts a lovely man as well, like a proper, proper man. Like when he met Danny, he took on her son mm-hmm. and he's gone on to have uh, two twins. Um, and apparently, The uh, I think it's Santiago, the the kid that isn't his, he is like a dad to that kid. So he's a proper stand-up man. And apparently when they have a Chinese on a Saturday night, for example, he turns up with his little Tupperware pot, skinless chicken, bit of rice, the ultimate professional. And he comes across like a lovely man as well. And a grafter. I mean, he grafts for West Ham. And Mm -hmm. again, by all accounts, privileged to play for West Ham. But yeah. he lo- loves playing for West Ham, and that's what you want from your players, you know. And mm. good luck to him. Oh, I love, so, absolutely love him. Uh, Jared, for me, he's up there with Paqueta as my as my favourite player. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Jared, absolutely uh, love him.
1: I mean, he's so he's so um he's so important when you recruit players that you get players of the right attitude. Like you know, mm. you can any player that's in maybe even the Championship and above, or you know, any top league in the main leagues in Europe is going to be able to play football you know, they've got yeah. to be to they've got yeah. through, you know, the academy system that have been, probably most of them would have been a, a youth international for their country. So they are literally like the elite players. You know, the percentage of people that want to be a footballer, that actually are a footballer, is just minuscule. So, you know, from like championship upwards, as I said, French league, German league, Spanish league, Italian league, you know, Portuguese, you can probably go for most of the top ones in Europe and obviously South American side, you know, they're going to be of a certain. State. Standard. But the key thing about a player making it now is the right attitude and the right mental uh, at- attributes. You yeah, know, mental attributes are as, as important as physical and technical 100%. attributes. And that's what and that's what Joe Bowen's got. He works hard. He wants to win. He's respectful to the club and, and his career. He, he he comes from humble upbringings As in, you know, his career started at Hereford. You know, not even a football league team um, on the borders of Wales. Um, I think he used to help I I think the story is he used to help on his dad's farm or something when he was a kid to to build up his fitness and stuff. You see a picture of him with his mates in uh, the stand at Hereford, and he looks like a bit of a bit of a geek for one of a better word. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Yeah, and, he's a, and he's obviously just like dedicated <laughs> his his self to to the football and the profession. Is very grateful for the for the privileged position that he's in. And and as you say, you know, I think I think marrying into or getting into the, the Dyer family probably has its. Chance challenges um and they seem to absolutely love him um and Mm -hmm. it's and i think you know I think mean, that's a credit to him that he's taken on someone else's son as his own. He didn't have to do that, you know. He's um, yeah, he's a uh, he's a he's a good lad, and let's hope he gets back into the England fold because I think that would be fitting for him to be a regular international. And if I was Gareth Southgate, of course, I'm biased towards West Ham players. But I would have him in my squad because if the chips are down and things aren't going
2: to plan, there's no one better
1: to have on your side than him.
2: No, absolutely. And someone in the family literally described him as a beautiful human being. But do you mm. know what, though? The best people on this planet are from humble beginnings. They are. Mm. They mm. are, 100%. And it is so true, X, and you're absolutely spot on when you say the mental attributes to you playing football is just as important as your ability. I mean, you look mm. at the likes of Ra- Ravel Morrison. How many of the ex-players have we spoken to, X, that yeah. have seen- he was a joke. Like, he was the mm. best player they've ever seen in training. Mm. But he didn't have the the, the, the uh, psychological strength to go with it. Mm. And it is as simple cool as that. And the best players on the planet have both, the ability mm. and, and the psychological strength. So, you know, um, no, great player. Absolutely love him. Well, we recently heard the very exciting news that another new signing has landed. Mohamed Kudus. And what a signing that appears to be, X, because you know, i listen, my knowledge of European football is fucking diabolical, but you know, like everyone else, I think I just YouTube him and looked at the same old reels that everyone else has seen. But he looks like he's got great close control. We can dribble, we can pass, he can score, partial to the odd free kick. He's quick, apparently, like shit off a stick when he gets going. Um the type of West Ham uh the, the, the type of signing West Ham fans will really enjoy. I think yeah, exactly. because he looks like a player, but I've got to ask you Ex. where's he going to play? Yeah. That's because, the thing. You know, who's going to lose their place to Cause someone's going to lose it.
1: Yeah, this is, the, this is where things get a little bit tricky when you actually have a very good squad because he actually is not as easy to pick your first 11. Now, I'm not going to talk about yeah. how much I think this signing is great because I did it in section two, but let's just address the, the tactical question that you've asked there. I think you're right. I think it gives a really difficult dilemma because if you add, you know, um, if you think of the midfield, right, of him now, of Pakitar, Suchek, James Ward. Prowse, Alvarez, Bowen, Rama. it's very hard to know where to position him personally. I think you've got to play a 4-5-1 or, or a sort of 4-3-3, and I think you've got to have your central three of, of Alvarez slightly deeper toward Prowse. And, um, and then you have... Um, Pacatar and then, um, yeah, so what you have Alvarez, Pacatar and Ward Prowse as your three. And then you have kudos i think he's actually a right winger but th- he is left footed so i think you could put kudos on the left bone on the right and get the two of them to regularly alternate over to switch it up and go against different people and then Antonio up, t- up front and the key person i've obviously missed out there are two key people i've missed out su check who, who is harsh because i think he's played really really well but if you've got this dilemma i mean he's one that's got to go and then you've got um ben rama which again is harsh because i think he played really well when he came on for Check, but if you're going for what I think the strongest team is, unfortunately for those two, I think those two go on the bench.
2: Mm. Yes, it's it's fascinating, and again, it's it's really good to have this problem for Moise. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, not only should you be able to have options, but you should have. Um, competition in the squad mm. because it keeps players on their toes, and apparently he's quite versatile as well. I think he can play central, I think he can play on the wing, can also play up front. Um, just so exciting! Just so yeah. exciting.
1: And, and the thing is, even there, mate, when we're talking about options, I've not mentioned Nows. who's a good midfielder. I've, I've yeah. not mentioned Cornet, who was one of yeah. our record signings uh last season. You know, there's yeah, there's players there that I haven't even mentioned. Um, yeah. and so this is where this is really, really good for West Ham. Really good. We need we need to get another striker in because obviously you've got Antonio, you've got Ings, whether Ings will be here beyond the windows, debatable. You've got Mabama, obviously a good talent but unproven. Corne and Bowen can play out front, but I do think you need another striker. I think you need another full back, preferably a left back, to give um, Emerson a bit more competition for that wing back spot. And then I genuinely think if you add, you know, Lingard possibly to that as well. I think you've got, and where would Lingard play for another matter? I think you've got a very, very, very good squad. That's got to be the best 25 when you pick that squad the West Ham have ever had, surely. Do
2: you know what? That's an interesting one. Do you know, I I think you're right. I mean, if you put me on the spot and you say, Dave, name a better squad in terms of available quality... I'm not sure I could give you an answer mate, uh,
1: mate, without meaning to answer for you, you couldn't because if you're no. going if you go through each position you know you go for the goalkeeper you've got two international goalkeepers they' are French international and a proven Premier League um player and international in goalkeeper and that's not to mention the young prospects that so you've also got in hanang and and uh Trots and Heiji, he- 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 he. so you've got loads of good keepers there, right? So that's fine. Right back, you've got Chafal, you've got Johnson at the moment, you've got Kara, so that's three options there. Center back, you've got Ogbonna, Zuma, Agued, Mavropanos, Left back, Cresswell and um, Emerson. Midfield, all the players we listed. Strikers, all the players we listed. So it's, and wingers, it's, it is the best squad because even if you look back under, you know, I'm talking like the pre- Premier League era and I know people get cross but the squad game is much more important in the Premier League era than it was prior to that when you could only have like one sub at times. So if you're talking to the Premier League era, it is the best squad because if you look in the 19, you know 99 when we finished um fifth in the league, even then the backup players were no way near the quality of the first team players mm-hmm. whereas if you was to if you was to play your first 11 Uh, that we just named there, say, against your second 11, it would be a close game. Because your second eleven at the moment, you'd have Fabianski, yeah. Fabianski yeah. in goal. You'd have Kerr at right back. You'd have Ogbonna, and I guess Mavroparnas at centre back. You'd have Creswell left back. You'd have midfield if you're going on what I just said. I'd have as my starting eleven. You'd have Sucek, Funows, you'd have Ben Rama, you'd have Courtey, you'd have Danny Ings, Mabama. You know, even Conor Coventry's a good player. You know, and he's he doesn't even make the squad sometimes now. So I think the the backup is is uh, is is the best we've had.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can't argue with that. Uh, honestly, it's so exciting at the moment. And um, listen, this is hopefully and potentially the last time I'll ever talk about Declan Rice on this show because he's he's moved on now. And it's a relief that he's moved on because we can stop talking about him. I say that I'm about to talk about him. Um, how funny would it be, X? And listen, I, I, I love Declan as a bloke. I love his family. But how funny would it be? If West Ham went on to win trophies and Arsenal one fuck all, wouldn't that be a fucking beautiful <laughs> thing?
1: You, you know, I love Declan probably more than anyone. And uh, be like,
2: let let's be honest, it'd be yeah. fucking beautiful. There, there would it? there
1: would be something very very sweet about that. I'm not gonna lie, you know, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. It's like it's like when Slaven Bilic, if you take it back, left West Ham to go to Everton you know he yeah, left West Ham to go to Everton because he wants to win things at Everton inverted commas West Ham always finished above Everton in the league back in those days he played about two crazy. seasons and then left I used yeah. to find that very very funny um, yeah. if, if West Ham could win the Europa League this year and yeah. Arsenal won nothing you know there would be a part of me that felt sorry for Rice but then there'd be a part
2: of me that found it Man. hilarious as well it'd be hilarious imagine those chants like you should have stayed at the West Ham yeah. after just like winning the Europa League or whatever and, and would me- be Oh, cool. that'd be amazing! Uh, oh, it
1: would be good. It would be good to see it over Arsenal fans as well, because Arsenal fans are just absolutely horrific. Um, not all of them. Sorry, I take that back. The ones I actually know in person, and the ones I actually know as people are top blokes. Most Arsenal fans are actually top blokes. It's the social media a lot that not. And um, it would be quite. It would be quite funny. Like if we, if we did. But you know there's There's every chance. I mean, you know, Arsenal, I don't think, are going to win the league. You know, I think Manchester City are pretty much going to win that again. Um, And then you're going to win a cup. Manchester City tend to do very well in the league cup. Would Arsenal win the FA Cup, maybe? Are Arsenal going to win the Champions League? No. Could West Ham win the Europa League? Or if they get knocked out of that, the Conference League, then yes. So there, there, there
2: probably is an equal... Equal chance at this stage, I would say, and that, and that's why I don't buy into the Movex. That's why this is honestly. I, I know you see it differently, but this is the case that I put forward. I don't, I, I don't get it. I, I would hundred percent get Man City, but if you love West Ham as much as you said you loved West Ham, why would you leave West Ham to join a club that? Actually, can't guarantee you trophies if you loved West Ham that much. And I don't want to open up this can. No, We're going to because I do disagree- not, We'll disagree. do another hour on this. But, yeah, exactly. But, but that's my point. But nipping that in the bud, oh, I'd be fucking beautiful. Oh, yeah, but but okay. mate, it'd be
1: so beautiful just to, just not even to over that whole thing, but just to get like I say to get one over Arsenal fans. Like even today, Please. even okay. today, like it was a, it is the truth. It is the truth. Uh, as far as I know, from very good sources, that Chelsea made a late move to try and sign coup So I've got no reason to say that. I don't have a particular problem with Chelsea. I don't have any reason. I said it privately, which I said on Patreon, to a loyal group of West Ham fans that there was a chance that he could go to um, Chelsea I didn't put it publicly didn't want any attention from it of course as always happens with my news certain accounts take it and use it for impressions because what Pete West Ham fans or followers don't understand now and this will explain the actions of a lot of West Ham accounts right there's now something that you can do on Twitter where you can monetize your tweets so if you've got a blue tick and you've got a certain amount of followers and a certain amount of um, impressions so impressions are what people see of your how many people see your tweets if you've got that you can monetize it you turn on adverts and um you can make a very good second income from it so so certain accounts and i'm not going to name them but most people know who i'm talking about certain accounts like a reaction because that's what's going to get them the most impressions so account out there put kudos and um, turned down chelsea last minute which is true it did happen but he's put it out there for a reaction i didn't particularly want that to go out there and now i've got hundreds and hundreds of chelsea fans in my mentions saying ah oh, it's bollocks it's bullshit it's bollocks but at the end of the day i've got no reason to lie that's what i was told by two or three good sources chelsea contacted last minute and said what's the situation um with kudos is you know spoke to his agent can we get anything done and they were like no uh, his dad lays on his way to a blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't like a real strong attempt to get him. But it was like a last minute of inquiry to see what's going on. What I'm trying to say is Chelsea fans then got into my mention, oh, why would anyone turn down Chelsea for West Ham? Why would anyone go to West Ham over and ask, we're Chelsea, you don't turn us down. And I'm thinking, you bloody monks, we I beat can't. you. I know, we beat you in at the print. bloody, we beat you at the weekend. Just yeah, uh, I know, exactly. And I've had it all day because this accounts, I can't even read Twitter today because it's just full of Chelsea fans in my mentions. And I think to myself, I'd just love it. Love it if we go another year with West Ham. Being the only London team to have actually won a trophy, and, yeah. uh, and it
2: would just be sweet. Yeah, fucking right, fucking too, Bob, mate. Johnny, come lately is fucking Chelsea. Mm. No fucking history. Oh, fucking <laughs> don't get me started on Chelsea. Cunts. Anyway, <laughs> um, I got to say, last week speaking about uh, my ability to shorten names or my my need and desire to shorten names, and we've 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 also spoken about it again this week. But yeah. Um, one of them is Chaz, who is a friend of mine, lives in Amsterdam. Uh, his full name is Charlie Gadson. And I want to give him a shout out because he got married last week. And uh, you spent some time with Chaz as well, ex, um, before the prime. <laughs> and he's, he's the guy that I said on last week's show didn't like being called Chaz. Yes, yes. So <laughs> he has since um, rejected that. He oh said, really? He, he said, "No, I'm not having that, Dave. I'm not sure I ever said that. Now, whether he's saying that to make me feel, bad, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, 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 but whether he likes it or not, he's Chad. No, oh, he, okay. he has no choice. But he got married last week. and Dave. Yeah, uh, of course. to be with Dave, like yeah. But he got married last week, and I want to say congratulations to to him and his missus, and wish you the very best. What's his missus' name? I really wish you wouldn't have asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we, just, why don't we oh, it's like a right gun, yeah? Why don't you just make it a short last ten minutes, by the way? <laughs> um,
1: why, why don't you just make it a short nickname? do like, I don't know Chee
2: And it could be anything. Yeah, I mean well let's just let's let's go with Chaz's bird, so let's go with Seabird. C- uh, okay. Okay,
1: Seabird? C- C- Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. More like a seagull. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love the one that's suddenly randomly formulating a nickname out of nothing. (laughs) uh, I've got to say, um, as much as I can congratulate him for getting married last week, it's also his birthday today. So double congratulations, Chaz. And also I have to say that yesterday was our very own Brawley Darbin's birthday. Was it? Yes. So very happy birthday to you, mate. Big love to you, boys. Big love. Yeah, I've got to apologise.
1: I didn't know it was B-Dog's birthday. I'm no. well disapp- well disappointed in myself. Um,
2: yeah, uh, I didn't know until I saw, I think someone referenced it on Telegram or social media or, or, or whatever it may be. Uh, love to you both. Uh, congratulations to you both. And on that note, it's that time again.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.